and welcome to the Beyond Your Research Degree podcast by the University of Exeter Doctoral College. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Beyond Your Research Degree. I'm your host Kelly Priest, and I'm delighted for this episode to be joined by one of our recent graduates, Dr Natalie Whitehead. Natalie, are you happy to introduce yourself? Okay, great. Um, so I'm Natalie Whitehead. Uh, I recently finished my PhD in physics. Um, I was looking at spin waves through magnets, which are just a special type of wave that travels through a magnet. Um, that was my PhD and uh, that finished in September and I'm now the founder and director um, alongside my colleague, Dr. Alice Mills, uh, for the Exeter Science Centre. Talk to me about the Exeter Science Centre. How, how did this come about? Um, so this is something that I've been thinking about for, oh, I don't know, probably just a bit over a year now, um, about a year and a half. And basically, I, I was trying to work out what to do after my PhD. So this PhD was in physics. And during my PhD and undergraduate degree, um, I was really involved in doing public engagement with research and a lot of science outreach. I absolutely love talking about science and, and speaking to the public about it and showing them demos and, and getting their views and trying to answer questions and things. Um, basically just trying to inspire them about how amazing science is. Um, so I was trying to work out what to do after the PhD, which would, you know, be good for me, but also for something that I can really contribute towards. So, you know, the climate crisis is a really big thing at the moment. Of course, it should be and should have been for the past, uh, I don't know how many decades. Um, and I, I really feel like I have some kind of responsibility to do something with my physics training um, which is useful um, so I was trying to work out what to do and whether um, you know whether I should go and work for one of these amazing startup companies doing cool things you know I was looking at the the ocean cleanup I think what they're doing is amazing using science and tech to solve a problem a global issue um, and lots of other companies like that and I was thinking well you know I could go and work for someone like that um, will I be the, the best scientist or engineer to do that? Um, I don't know. But I thought really what my, what my skills are, um, one of the, the, the things I'm really passionate about, as I, as I mentioned, is science communication. And this idea really just came to me one afternoon having lunch and thinking like, why? don't I just make a science centre in Exeter? Um, it's just something that I've always kind of thought, wow, we should really have one of those here. I've, I've been to a few around the UK and, and across the world. Um, and I just, I love going there and I see adults and people of all ages just absolutely loving understanding different uh, things about science and playing with scientific equipment and just really engaging with science. And I just figured, why don't we have one here? Um, and why don't I just make it? Um, so I approached my colleague, um, Alice, and uh, she's a very passionate science communicator as well. And she loved the idea too. And we've just been, you know, talking about it since then. So um, yeah, we're just super dedicated to making it happen. So what stage are you at with your plans for Extra Science Centre? Um, we're still in the very early stages. So uh, as I mentioned, I finished the PhD in September. And of course, when you 
you know, hand in your PhD thesis, you've still got a lot of work to do afterwards to kind of, you know, do the viva, make corrections. So that's been kind of, um, that continued maybe into about January or so. Um, and then I really properly submitted it, put it online, um, and then, then could properly focus on this. But I've been working on it um, pretty much full time on and off, uh, you know, around the thesis since September. So what we're what we're doing at the moment is trying to get um, trying to get the, the the public to be aware of our plans and try to get their input um, and really just try to establish ourselves as a science discovery centre um, for Exeter for the region um, and just trying to raise awareness, try to raise money as well. That's a big part of it. Um, and just trying to, um, to to make it happen. We've got a, a team of um, advisors who are amazing and super inspiring um, from different areas of science, education um, and business as well. Um, and they're kind of our advisory board. They'll be moving over to be our trustees once we establish ourselves as a charity soon. Um, but there's, there's loads of things to do about it. I mean, um, when you take on such a big project, you realise that, uh, you know, wow, you're, you're running a business. You're also trying to create a charity, a charitable business, um, engage with the public. And it's just a kind of multidisciplinary project, really, which is really exciting. Um, very overwhelming. But at the same time, it's um, I, I, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else, really. I was going to say it's it's a huge project and and it is there must be an awful lot of business based skills and business based um work that needs to be done how yeah. how has that been how has it been you know going from an academic environment to doing much more business related work have you found that transition easy have there been kind of skills and experiences you've been able to take across or has it been a complete learning curve um it's, it's been a very steep learning curve so um i i don't have any experience of running a company myself um and nor does my colleague alice so we're, we're learning however i feel like when you you do a phd and you study i mean you know from my experience of studying science and physics you you have to take in a lot of information and and process things and think logically and uh, you know you, you you can learn things very quickly and although um, business and and accounting and finance and all that kind of stuff is is not my first language at all um i feel like there's there's a lot of information out there that just needs synthesizing and understanding and and really that is the the way we're approaching this of course we understand that we we shouldn't be expected to be absolute experts at everything we're doing in this project rather it's it's understanding when we need help and, and need assistance and guidance from people who really um you know have experience in this so um we've been very lucky actually to have a lot of assistance from the university um in in this kind of startup venture if you want to call it that um, with the the startups team and the set squared program the um they've been absolutely wonderful in giving us um uh, kind of business advice so we've been assigned a business advisor david solomides um who is just super inspiring and really um really really helpful and he's um become one of our uh, kind of a, a formal advisors and hopefully one of our trustees when we move to a charity as well so um so the, the help is out there i suppose um if i was to give advice to to someone perhaps who's thinking about doing uh something unusual like this who doesn't have the experience 
I guess it's just you just have to go for it and be prepared to ask and and reach out to people and organizations who can help you such as the university um, and and others um, it's just been wonderful actually the amount of support and help that we've received from um, from various um, kind of organizations across Exeter mostly really the university um, but yeah I feel like we've we've been assisted the whole time with um, with things like this especially business which is you know kind of scary and unusual for, for physicists for scientists um, but um, but I think it's it's totally doable and it's always going to be a learning curve but if you're determined enough you'll you'll make it happen yeah and I think there's a couple of things I'd like to pick up on there the mm -hmm. first of which is to just acknowledge that that the support is out there and it and it's not about knowing everything yourself and having mm -hmm all of the skills yourself but knowing how to access um your networks i guess and in and and in this case for you it is the university and the startups team definitely definitely that's really important too because you you can't possibly know everything and really recognizing that is really important because otherwise you just try and do everything yourself it gets stressful it gets overwhelming um it's kind of it's almost like knowing when to delegate and knowing when to um knowing that you can't possibly know everything and that there is a big support network there if you're part of the university or have been part of the university they are just wonderful in in encouraging and helping and facilitating anything to do with enterprise or, or um startup ideas that it, it's just been even the kind of encouragement that you get of uh, you know wow this is a great idea you should speak to this person or, or have a look at this it's it's just been really really helpful and I think people don't expect there to be a department of the university that has this kind of business expertise and um, they really do <laughs> yeah that's it and um, I seriously encourage anyone to 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 um, go and visit the uh, the innovation center it's the um, the kind of the startups team are over in the deck over there um, and they're just they're just great you just pop in and speak to them and they can they have lots of uh, kind of seminars workshops um, and advice for you so just just go and speak to them they're really great so the experience you have of writing papers your thesis reports funding applications all those sorts of things is clearly um, <laughs> stood you in good stead for what you're doing now are there any other skills or experiences you had during your PhD that have been really, really crucial um, to starting this venture? Hmm, that's a good question. Because uh, I think, to be honest, the whole thing, really, the, um, the, the, the way that I was approaching this, um, the, I, I keep calling it a project. It's, it's more than a project, you know, it's an, it's an ambition. But, um, you know, you have to break it down into small achievable steps um, because of course you know Mount Improbable really in this case is building a multi-million pound science centre um, but the, the the kind of finite steps you can break this down into are okay we need to talk to people we need to um, make a plan and, and then those have sub steps as well so the the important thing is when you're doing a PhD you cannot say, right, I'm going to just 
just solve this big problem I have. You know, it's going to take four years in a PhD sense. In this case, it might take about, oh, I don't know, about seven years if we're, if we're lucky to get the funding. Um, but at the same time, it's a seemingly insurmountable task, but it can be broken down into small achievable chunks, um, some of which you're doing all at the same time, which is, makes it a little bit more challenging. But, um, but uh, yeah, I think that the whole time management and understanding that things can be done, they just need to be done in small chunks, is very helpful um, from the PhD. Let's see what else. Um, things like presentation skills, that's been hugely important too. Um, during the uh, the PhD, we've had a lot of opportunities to to do presentations, you know, preparing PowerPoints, doing um, either conference presentations or, com or presentations to our colleagues about the work that we're doing. Um, again, you have to be clear, you have to be um, kind of clear enough to a to a broad audience who don't necessarily have your expertise um, and you have to express complicated ideas in a very short space of time sometimes five ten minutes or so that you've got um, and I found actually that that I've had that experience here as well so we've had um, a number of number of opportunities where we would be doing um, business pitches um, to, to various audiences um, and they might be five minutes long also so um, I've had the same problem, you know, I have to express to people this kind of amazing vision that I, that I and my colleagues have about the Exeter Science Centre. Um, and I have to explain it in five minutes and everything that it could possibly encompass. Um, and, uh, and that's challenging. It's something I'm still kind of learning about um, because, of course, they, people think of it from a business sense, too. So not only have you got to express the vision, you have to express, you know, how you're going to get funding and all of this kind of uh, extra detail tell to in five minutes <laughs> so that's been challenging so yeah there's some really cool things that are coming across there it's the the writing as we've already talked about but also the kind of project and time management mm -hmm. presentation skills so I think the the thing that's that's really interesting to reflect on is that it's not necessarily obviously what you're doing is science related but it's not necessarily the the science specific skills yeah. that you're using certainly at this moment in time mm -hmm. it's it's the broader kind of skill set that you develop through the process of doing the research degree definitely definitely yeah. i think it's not necessarily you know you don't have to have done a science phd to to be able to do this stuff um but you know certainly from my perspective it, it has helped a lot because i feel um I don't know. I, I, I'm sure it's the same in other disciplines, but of course I have no experience of it. But I just feel like doing a, um, you know, doing a PhD in general, I think, gives you this this ability to take and, and face a lot of information and and uh, kind of stuff that, that's really incomprehensible, synthesize it down and make logical steps um when you understand what what needs to be done um so yeah it's definitely helped i guess the the difficult question but the one that i know that people will be wondering is obviously this isn't making you any money at the moment to to be to be blunt so are you working alongside it um so the the way that i'm doing it at the moment is um we don't have any specific income which is you know obviously would be a, a difficult for a lot of people I've, I've to be honest been pretty thrifty throughout the PhD um, I know a lot of PhD students often 
you know, work an extra um, year sometimes to write up results and uh, and maybe their funding ends and they have to continue and write up the thesis. Um, luckily, with the way that I did the PhD and the Centre for Doctoral Training in Metamaterials, um, they were wonderful and they would they would you know pay you for the 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 full amount of time. So you had a good four years to write up in. Um, but um, what we're trying to do is, well, we've, we've got some, um, it's called co-creation funding from um, one of our advisors who's amazing, um, Dr. Jana Anders. She's provided us with some um, funding to, to basically pay a very small stipend um, and that, that will start soon. Um, but the way, yeah, it, it is a bit of a problem <laughs> because when you, when you do start something like this, where you, maybe you don't have an immediate income source or, um, or, or you're doing something kind of, kind of charitable, you do need to have a bit of a business head on you. Um, you need to think about how, how you're going to make money from it, mainly because it's, it has to be sustainable. We don't want to make a big salary for ourselves we're not interested in that we want to we want to do something good to be honest it would just be great if you know we could we could all just live free and do nice things but of course <laughs> but of course you have to you have to think sustainably long term so um this has been something we've been thinking about for a while how on earth do we do this because of course you know initially we're like we need to make this amazing building this amazing center because that will have the most impact um and of course we need a lot of money for that um how are we going to get to that stage well we think that since our expertise mine and, and dallas is when alice joins us properly in september um our expertise really is public engagement with science and of course we we've had a lot of experience working with academics and working in academia um and we think that a, a really important way for us to bring money in initially just to kind of pay ourselves a small salary and enable us to work on this properly uh, for, for a longer term is to work with academics to kind of basically do public engagement on their behalf or with them and, and take the hassle out of that whole process for them, um, including the reporting back and, and making sure that everything's clear for the, for the, um, the REF, the um, Research Excellence Framework. Um, so what we're what we're doing is starting now to work with academics to um, to make public engagement programs of their research, which involve you know working with schools, the public, and we've got of course a big growing audience across the southwest um, to reach um, and do public talks for them, help them make exhibits, and eventually we hope that this will transition into working with them properly for um, you know. Putting, putting their amazing exhibitions in the Science Centre itself. But the, the way we've kind of reframed thinking about this project is that, you know, it's not just working towards a building, you know, that isn't the end goal, really. Um, it would be wonderful and we really, really want it to happen. But the, the really important thing that we can be doing right now is having an impact with the public, you know. Even though we don't have a centre, we can still be a kind of, um, a kind of, a, abstract idea of a center which is just a you know we're doing something great we're we're communicating science to the public you know scientific research and and by the way i i have to clarify like i'm using science but really that's an umbrella term for stem or science technology engineering mathematics and medicine which we're which we're using um but i tend to just use science to as it's shorter um so we want to communicate science to the public we want to have an impact now and and 
we don't need a building to do that. Of course, when we have a building, we'll be able to have so much more influence and impact and, and have a space that people can actually visit and, and engage with. Um, but for now, we're, we're going to be working with academics that should bring um, some money in to enable us to do this. And at the same time, we're going to be working to get grants from, um, from various funding bodies um, and, of course, working towards getting what we hope might be some philanthropic or some capital grant funding to make the building itself. We're, we're optimistic. That's brilliant and just sounds like a really, um, really considered uh, way to support yourselves, but also develop and support the, the I'm calling it business slash charity yeah. Um, yeah. And, and develop those connections and that interest and engagement with the future centre. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, we really... I guess the, the thing is, we're not trying to do something on the side, which is, I don't know, for example, um, selling scientific toys, for, you know, maybe <laughs> that could make some money. It's kind of relevant, but not really. Um, but that's more of a kind of profit making enterprise, which is just trying to, you know, and whether that profit goes towards the stuff that we're doing. Um, we, we thought we might as well try to get some some income through doing the activities we really ought to be doing anyway um it's just kind of lucky really that um that there is a, a market for it if you want to call it that um we know that a lot of academics are really busy and they don't necessarily have the skills or the the time um to do proper public engagement rather than just you know going to a school once throughout the whole uh, course of of, of their grant instead what we can do is say look you know you don't need to bother about sending all those emails and organizing things and reporting mm -hmm. back and and trying to reach a broad audience we'll do all that stuff for you and at the same time we're doing something good because it's we're getting to talk to the public about science and about exciting research that's going on locally so it just ticks loads of boxes really I mean we really hope that's going to be a viable uh, income source for us but we're working on it <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, as I said, it sounds incredibly exciting, and the the idea of of the centre, and I mean, certainly as a kind of, I grew up locally, um, and I remember taking school trips. We always had to go to Bristol, yeah, to the science centre, um, and so the idea of having having that in Exeter seems <laughs> it almost makes me sort of when I when I sort of saw the work you were doing, it made me think what actually given this extra science park that we've got the Met office here, mm -hmm. we've got the university. Why don't we have one? Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> pleased you said that. And I guess this is a good opportunity to kind of explain, you know, our rationale for, for putting it here and, and also yeah. what we're trying to achieve. Um, so if you, the, the, the clearest thing I tend to start with, of course, we're on a podcast, so I can't show you it. But if you look at the map of science centres across the UK, these are, I have to kind of define science centre first as well. Um, a science centre or science discovery centre is a kind of a hands-on science museum, which isn't about exhibits behind glass, which are kind of historical or, you know, and and have a more historical kind of background it's more about hands-on experiences which are trying to you know infuse and inspire um people of all ages and backgrounds about science um so that's what a science center is <laughs> um and um if you if you look at the map of science centers across the uk there is just a, a 
gap in this region um, which needs filling quite frankly so as you mentioned there's the one in Bristol which is We the Curious and that's amazing really um, a really great um, center they've got a wonderful planetarium and it's just it's just really cool it's actually one of the, the earliest science centers um, in the UK in its original form um, and also what else we've got down in the southwest well we've got the Eden project of course amazing um, and really iconic um, and the Eden project is still quite um, specialized in its aim so that you know it's more about um, kind of I don't, I don't kind of want to get it wrong but more horticultural you know it's it's it has a certain theme um associated with it it isn't really general science including like space and astronomy and biology and things like that it's it's more specialized in what it does and there's also the um plymouth um the the aquarium in plymouth um that that again is very specialized it's a it's an aquarium and it's it's more about um you know uh, a very specialized theme so what we're trying to create is a is a general science center which covers all aspects of science technology engineering mathematics and medicine um and we are trying to to fill this gap of science engagement in the southwest and and why exeter why not tiverton or columpton or um, or Oakhampton or something like that. Well, Exeter itself is, is really trying to establish itself and is doing a wonderful job at being a real science and tech innovation hub. I mean, you're right, we have the Met Office, we have the university, we have the Exeter Science Park, and that consists of a load of really exciting um, science and tech companies who are, who are doing great things um, so Exeter already is a hub of, of science and the, there's lots of great things going in the region uh, going on in the region around here um, and it really just is the perfect place for it not only because they um, you know it has great connections particularly for North Devon and the, the more rural areas across the southwest you know the, the roads all head towards Exeter um, and of course the the train service as well so we're trying to tick as many boxes as we can in terms of location we we want to really locate it in the center of exeter so that people don't have to drive to get to us you know they could use public transport or, or they could use a park and ride service and and um you know that or they could cycle in or whatever depending on where they live We're, you know if we were located out in the countryside pretty much everyone would have to drive to get to us um or you know it would just make it more difficult for, for people to reach us and also we're just we're trying to become a a real cultural center you know we don't want to be a kind of tourist attraction on the outskirts we want to to serve the public and and host clubs um if we get this amazing building that we'd like to create we'd love to have um green walls a rooftop garden you know maybe we'd love to work with the RHS for example and, and the Eden project to create a kind of rooftop Eden where people come and they they have mindful um, kind of gardening activities and clubs that they might take part in from a kind of gardening for mental health kind of uh, idea um, 
that we'll have public lectures. So I just imagine it being this kind of space that people, you know, whether they're interested in science, whether they're interested in the arts, they will come in and, and experience this place in loads of different ways. Um, the thing I haven't really emphasised too much at the moment, mainly because it's, it's something I'm really excited about that I don't necessarily have the expertise in, is the fact that we want to tie in art with the science centre really strongly um, and I'm still working out ways to do this. Um, I'm, a, I'm a resident at the uh, the amazing and inspiring uh, studio Collider and that's a kind of organisation which um, not only facilitates lots of artists to work together and, and work on really inspiring things but they create these amazing kind of art experiences and installations um, so I'm a resident there which means that they very kindly let me use their, <laughs> their office space and you know work amongst their colleagues um, and I'm hoping that will you know help me get an insight into this this amazing arts community we have in in Exeter and the southwest um, and we're trying to we're trying to ensure that that it isn't just a you know science center for science nerds you know um even though there will be some nerdy um components of the the science center we want to ensure that it's appealing to a broad audience and we want to emphasize that science isn't just well okay that the subject isn't just you're a scientist or you're an artist you know that you can be both um you can uh use the skills from both areas to um to to, to basically understand the universe we find ourselves in that's what artists are trying to do um you know interpret and and understand the world and that's what scientists are trying to do as well and i i don't see them mutually exclusive i think they um i think we can learn a lot from each other and i i just think it just make it so much more interesting um we i've been to a few um science centers the one in particular that really resonates with me and that is a great inspiration for the place we're trying to make is the exploratorium in san francisco they have a an artist in residence they have these amazing creative and kind of psychologically interesting art installations which have loads of signs behind them and they can, oh it's just I can't even express it it's it's really inspiring stuff and we'd really love to emulate that um, and that's something I'm, I'm trying to work on at the moment we're trying to understand how we can embed and and make a thread running through a whole center of of art as well as science um, so that was a lot of information sorry <laughs> just no, it sounds incredibly inspiring. Um, and it's great to hear that you're working um, with Collider as well. Is that a connection that the university um, that through the startup scene set up for you? Or is that something that you sort out yourself? So I'm trying to think how that happened. I think I was doing a pitch. Um, okay, this was, um, I handed my PhD thesis in on the Monday. And on the Tuesday, I had um, a, a pitch at an Exeter City Futures event. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I hadn't written my presentation for it, so <laughs> I had to um, I had to handle my thesis on the Monday morning, and then that afternoon prepare my presentation, and then and then quite literally on that Tuesday everything started kicking off. So I had loads of emails and really started working on the Science Centre that next day. So that was intense. Um, but uh, yeah, but I, I think from that meeting, um, the kind of networking meeting, I met um, 
Andy at Collider and he said oh you need to come in to our open Fridays so they have this wonderful thing where on a on a Friday anyone can go and use their office space um, and just kind of mingle and and do some work there and talk to people and and ah oh, I, I did that a few times I just thought this is so cool you know everyone is so interesting and they're working on great things and they're all really welcoming um, and I yeah I just I was just wanted to be part of it so I, I applied to become a resident and they very kindly let me in um, and uh, yeah so it kind of happened through just one of the networking events um, that, that those wonderful events that Exeter City Futures organises um, and I heartily encourage anyone who's thinking of, of setting up or being part of or doing something locally they should just go to these kind of events you know um, there's lots of them going on um, Exeter City Futures have this amazing you know idea for the future of Exeter and they're, they're really proactive it's just a great place to get things done I can't really explain it I think it's it's Exeter it's the kind of people that that are working here that are doing things here there is a lot of encouragement and a lot of help and a lot of opportunities so it's really the best place to be doing something great that's that's brilliant that's really really brilliant um I think we could probably draw to a close but in doing so what what advice would you give someone that's thinking about, I guess, setting up their own business or venture or, or project, or, you know, we can, we can use a variety of different terms, but they're getting towards the end of the end of the research degree of the PhD. They're thinking about what's next. They want to set, set up or start up on their own. What advice would you give them? Um, okay. I would suggest that they have to, so if they, say they've got the project, they, they understand what they want to do, or even if they have a brief idea. Um, first of all, um, if they're, they're part of Exeter or part of a university, I'd suggest talk to the kind of um, student entrepreneur team. Um, we, have, we have one at Exeter, of course, they're amazing. Go and talk to them and they will probably give you some amazing advice. Um, maybe you, you attend a seminar about, you know, how to put your... Um, put your business ideas into practice they have lots of things about how to make a business plan how to you know make go to networking events and, and, and make connections so I would really firstly suggest just talking to people about it preferably people you know from the, the, the business entrepreneurship team um, also uh, try and get a bit of a team behind you if you can trying to do something as a single person is really tough um, <laughs> because uh, you know not only is it really helpful to have a sounding board for, for other people to come and say well should we do it this way or maybe we should try this um, you know I think this is why for example in 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 university lab work you know when you uh, we, we have uh, we have lab projects you have to do it they usually put you with a partner or there's a small team of you and that really helps <laughs> I've realized working in a team is, is hugely important for this um, so maybe there'll be two of you maybe three of you um, and uh, and then you know eventually you'll start thinking about getting advisors on board um, maybe who have business experience maybe who who are just super enthusiastic about your cause and have experience from other areas but it's it's just um, I suppose don't be afraid of going and doing something unusual um, you know it might when you when you say to people oh I want to make a 
in our case, maybe £40 million science centre in Exeter. I think a lot of people were just like, you're completely mad. Um, <laughs> and, um, and you kind of say, well, you know, you have to be a bit crazy to do something like this. But, you know, it's, it can be done and that it should be done um, and that it can happen if you're motivated enough. You really, I guess you have to have the enthusiasm for what you're doing. You have to be motivated and particularly resilient to setbacks, to the kind of overwhelming nature of what you're doing um, and just get people around you who can support you, who can guide you and who can help you. Um, yeah, talk to, first of all, the first thing to do is talk to the amazing people in the student startups team. <laughs> That's my advice. Absolutely. And you've mentioned lots of different resources here, like the startups team and the innovation center, Set Squared, Exeter City Futures Collider. And I'm going to put links to all of these organizations and, and information in the show notes so that people can kind of follow up on on those brilliant recommendations. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so much to Natalie for taking the time to talk to me about what is an incredibly exciting project and the range of support you can access if you're interested in this kind of charitable entrepreneurial venture after your research degree. And that's it for this episode. Join us next time when we'll be talking to another researcher about their career beyond their research degree.